listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you today as we come to your word that you have something for each one of us to hear if we're leaning and take from you. Help me today to bring clarity and help me in these few moments together just to have just a connection with heaven that will bring life-changing insight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I was talking uh, to Pastor Craig, and I'm going to be here for the whole day. So we're going to do, again, if you're a business person or a professional person, I encourage you to stay around for lunch. I don't know if you still can do that, but uh, I want to talk to the business community. And then tonight, I'm going to do a different message. I want to carry on with the Adrift series. But uh, I shared a message at Hillsong, which is to do with a bonsai. And I felt like it would be good for me to share it here at Life Melbourne. I've shared it at home and the response has been huge because I don't know what it is, but it's, you, you know you're getting old when people ask you what are some of the keys. You know, when a lot of people keep coming up and say, so what are some of the keys that you've learned? And you go, you, you're really saying I'm an old fart, aren't you? It's like I'm one of those old people. And, and yet it's true, the more you do life, if you're a wise person, the more you'll look back. And ask the questions, if it's not working, what do we need to do to change it? Uh, It's kind of like if you just live a life where you're accepting what's happening, but never inquire about how you can find a breakthrough, you'll never find the breakthrough. And one of the things that I've learned being in church my whole life is that for many of us, we have to discover that change is not found on an altar call. We need an altar call. We need a place of encounter with God. But that doesn't change you. That prepares you for change. And sometimes we think if we could just get the man of God or the woman of God lay hands on us, everything would be different. But I've discovered, no, no, no. God wants us to embrace key learnings and key pathways that can bring us the victory that God has promised us to experience. I remember going back to New Zealand 27 years ago, having been in Sydney for 10 years and starting what is now known as life. And uh, it was kind of like, here we are in New Zealand. There wasn't a lot of healthy churches. Uh, Churches were waiting for the latest revival that would change everything. And it was kind of like we had no money, but we had a dream in our hearts. And we started the church and I remember one day we had a visiting speaker. I think it was about three months into it. And I don't know, there might have been 25 or 35 people. And we had an old overhead projector that had a crack in it. And somebody had given us old transparencies. Most of the letters were rubbed off. And so this visiting speaker from a large church came. And I began to say to them, wow, it'd be a real miracle. And it'd be a great answer to prayer if somehow we got a New overhead projector from someone. How many have ever heard of the ministry of hints? It's kind of like, you get a church and basically what I was doing is my answer is out there somewhere. And that night, I'll never forget what happened. It's like God said to me, Paul, the key to your breakthrough, the key to the things that you need in life, the key to seeing you break into the promise that God has for you is not out there. It's in here. So the answer to the church, come on, in Melbourne is already in this room. 
The answer for us to do what God wants us to do is already there. The answer to a greater tomorrow for you is already in seed form on the inside of who you are. And I did this series, uh, I think we all did it, called An Empowered Life. And uh, it's kind of like I, I began to write down what are some of the things that I've had to learn. I've had to learn that you need to discover God's presence. If you don't live presenced, it's all too hard. You can have a belief in God, but if the presence of God is not really a part of your daily equation, it's just too tough. You've got to live purposed. If you're not living a kingdom purpose, you, you, you're going to run out of gas to keep on going. You've got to live partnered. In other words, you need people in your life that love you enough to be honest. Well, I don't like those people. You need people, come on, that love you enough to, to reveal blind spots. You, you need to live prospered. In other words, you need to find God's answers so that you can break through both naturally and in your soul and in your spirit to a prospered life. And something I've taught for years, and I want to touch on this, is you do need to live planted. And most of you have heard that. It's kind of like, yeah, but let's go back to the Bible because I want to take it more than a preach this morning. I want to get into your heart. Psalm 92 verse 13, this is what it says. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of God. You can flourish just with your skill sets and gifting. If you apply your gifting and hard work, you can prosper. But the Bible says if you want to prosper in the things of God, if you want in your older years to still be fruitful, to be fresh, to be flourishing, then you're going to have to be planted in the house. How, how many have met non-fresh Christians? No, don't point. No, but sometimes you meet, I meet pastors all over the world and I think, what happened? Your lights have gone out. You've been hurt. You've never got over it. Come on. You, you're allowing the enemy to tell you that you can never really stand up to the purpose of God in your life because of what you're doing. But the Bible says, no, there is an answer to stay fresh and flourishing. If we're planted in the house, the, the, the word to be planted in the house means to live within the village or the enclosure. Uh, let me put it another way. God has chosen boundary pegs or markers for us to operate. And that's why many of us don't really realize that we've got to find our root system in, within God's boundary markers, which is His church. Uh, I get asked this or people say this, well, you don't have to, be a, uh, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And most people go, well, that's true, but they don't qualify it. This is how you qualify it. You don't earn your way to heaven. But you cannot live a Christian life unless you're planted in the house. So you can get into heaven, but you're not going to experience what God wants you to experience in your time in here on earth. And again, you don't need to be in, be in church to be a Christian. No, no, you don't have to be in church, not if you want to end up a short-term productive person, an anemic Christian. Come on, you've lost your color. You're boring to be around. No, I'm not having a go, but I want, I, want to, I want to speak. I always speak now from a pastor's or a father's heart. If you don't want to be a kingdom-bearing fruit person, then just don't have your roots down. 
Yeah, you can get into heaven by God's grace. But have you ever realized that some Christians are still the same 10 years on? All right, I want you to ask the question. 20 years on, has much changed? Are you more invigorated, more enthusiastic, more fruitful for the kingdom? Or are you just losing yourself in life? You see, ultimately, ultimately we become where we live. My father and mother came from Holland. They, right into their later years, had a Dutch accent because that's where they lived in their formative years. There's an accent around your life. It's according to the environment you find yourself in. So I don't know about you, but I need to come into church to get some of my attitudes sorted out. Come on, I need to get aligned to God's Word and allow it to change. Why? Because environments, listen to this, determine destinies. I want you to keep that up for a moment. Environments determine uh, destinies. Uh, We we were up in North Queensland and uh, Marie and I were having a break. This is a long time ago. And there were a couple that walked by. And uh, I said to Marie, is that so-and-so that used to work with us in the church in Sydney? And she says, I think so. But man, that's 20 years ago. They don't quite look the same. And so I thought I'd try and gain their attention by yelling out their name. So... I don't want to yell it out clear enough because I'll look like an idiot if it's wrong. How many have ever done that? So I just went, hey, Christmas time. And, and they looked around. I said, it is them. The sad thing was they didn't know who we were. So they had changed and we had changed. Anyway, long story short, I said, hey, come on over. They sat down. We had a great breakfast together and talked about the good old times because we worked in the church. And then I, I popped the question. I said, so are you still in the same church? Or? And it just went dead. And they said, uh, well, well, no, 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 no. In fact, we, we don't go to church at the moment. We haven't been going to church for years, actually. But we're still Christians. We still believe. Because I love them enough. It's kind of like I didn't know how to leave that just there. And so I didn't actually say anything, but we bumped into them at the airport up in Queensland, which was just amazing two days later. And I felt like God says, now's your chance. So I went up to them and I said, look, I I don't want to put anything on you. You guys got to make your own calls. But the Bible says, if you don't live planted, you can't prosper in the purposes of God. And I want to encourage you because, oh, well, yeah. And they made some comment. And I said, well, this is the thing is, you can't grow if you're not living in the right soil. So you've just made a decision over your life to stay the same. And there are a lot of people, there are a lot of those ones that have received God's forgiveness that kind of pop into church and they attend when it works. And that's why I thought today I'd bring an example called a bonsai tree. Because I don't know if you understand what bonsais are all about, but this is what they call an ash tree. And this tree, believe it or not, was planted 15 years ago. So let me put it in today's context. 15 years ago, somebody believed that if the seed went into the soil, it would begin to mature and grow. And somebody put the ash tree seed into the soil and today we have... A bonsai tree. By the way, a bonsai or the bonsai 
is a Japanese art form where the tree mimics the size, not the size, but the shape and the look of the intended tree. And what they do is they reproduce the actual leaf size of the fully grown tree. But because of its environment, it never grows past a certain size. It's the perfect miniature replica. Okay, hear me. Those that are not planted in the right soil, they are still a tree. But they don't even realize they've become a bonsai. And I want to today just again encourage you, don't live a life as a bonsai. Because you can have a belief in God. You can, again, when you fail, come back and say, God, I'm, I'm sorry. But if you don't get your life, come on, your spirit, your soul and your body planted within the boundaries of God's design, then maybe, just maybe, you'll end up becoming a bonsai Christian. Hmm. So let me give you a couple of thoughts about bonsai Christians because I want you to go through a checklist and just say, am I one of these or not? Because how many know this is pretty cute? But after today, you're going to feel sorry for it. The first thought is this, that bonsai Christians, they determine or decide the shape of their pot. So I'm a believer in God, but I like these kind of pots with kind of curly edges and I like that color. And so therefore, I'm going to determine the size of my pot, the color of my pot. And I want my pot to be transportable. In other words, a bonsai Christian is somebody that's happy to go with it as long as they can control it. Maybe I've been hurt, so therefore I'm not going to trust others with my life. I'm going to control my life. I'll be committed as long as it personally suits me. Well, how many know God is going to take you beyond what suits you? We often look at potted plants or again, bonsai plants, and we realize that they are located according to convenience. A lot of Christians like that. Oh, I come to that church because it's got a great kids program, so it's convenient. I live close, it's convenient. I go because it's convenient. I like the time, it's convenient. And God says, well, in a sense, we've all got preferences, but don't be the person that decides the shape of your pot because it needs to be more than that. Second thought about bonsai Christians is they require constant maintenance. Wow. See, if you go to the bonsai place and you say, how do I keep the bonsai alive? They will say, you need to soak the whole bonsai every week completely in water so the whole thing is saturated because there's not much soil, it's gonna dry out real quick. Then not only will you have to soak it every week, but every day you're gonna have to spray it. Because you see, there is not enough moisture to keep this plant healthy, so we need to add moisture to keep it happy. Okay, a lot of Christians. Come on, pastor, feed me. Come on, pastor, you're not smiling at me. Nobody talked to me in the foyer. I wonder if you're a high maintenance person because 
It could be that your roots are not where they ought to be. And so you need more coming to you from around you than from what's underneath you. See, limited soil, that's what the enemy knows, can't store the water you need. So even though it looks cute and you can move it around at your convenience, it's not God's design. (laughs) By the way, too many Christians today are living on inspiration because they don't have the depth of revelation. Whoa, I'm preaching this morning. Come on, put your seatbelts on. It's like, well, I got something out of that this morning, so I'm happy. You should be happy anyway. Come on, you should have got something from God's Word this week and... You should have had, come on, your roots are down deeper than the circumstances. And it's kind of like, inspire me, pastor, inspire me. I need to be inspired. I need another fix in the arm. Hey, by the way, these bonsais who require constant maintenance, I've discovered, are high in judgment of others. Because when you don't grow your own root system, you don't understand what it costs and how hard it is to live healthy. So you just point your finger and that judgment the enemy uses to keep you sidelined and out of the equation. Here's the third thing. Bonsai Christians experience root binding. You see, when you pull this tree out or if you've ever potted a tree that's got fast-growing roots, what happens is how they keep it small is the roots go in a spiral growing system and they become root-bound. And by getting your roots root bound, it stops the potential of the seed ever maturing. And finally, you strangle the designability of the plant. It's like a lot of Christians I meet. It's like they're not happy now. They haven't been happy for a while. You're strangling the life out of you. Oh, I like my part. I like the convenience and I'll do it because I'm happy to do it and I'm I'm in that place and I want somebody else to water me and so forth and so on. But they struggle with purpose. They are more soul activated than anything else. It's it's just all to do with me and mine. If you're here today and this is resonating, I I just pray that you hear my heart through this because I, I feel that God doesn't want us to live that way. And God wants us to begin to understand. It's not about putting a tick in the box and coming to church. It's about God's plan of action and God wants to break us from a root-bound situation that restricts our growth and isolates us. Bonsai Christians, number four, become imbalanced. In other words, when you are properly planted, you can grow upright, but when you position the pot where you want it to be, it's going to grow one angle. And See, that's why we need each other to kind of keep us straight and to hear the things that we need to hear You don't become imbalanced overnight, but it happens over time. In fact, they they tell us when it comes to uh, a healthy crop that there are two kinds of environments. There's a monoculture and a polyculture. Uh, A monoculture environment is where a lot of people today are planting the same crop in big rows and big paddocks. The problem with monoculture is it's not the way that Design crops were made to grow. We're doing it out of convenience and we're doing it out of quick return, but the problem is it becomes subject to infestation. So what they did is they went back and realized that if you plant 
plants that are different in nature alongside each other and allow weeds to grow up around it, you won't have any near the degree of infection and disease and you'll have higher productivity. In fact, in China, they did it with various streams or or strains of rice. They changed it up and they saw an increased yield of 89% because there was a 94% decrease in disease. Some people go, well, I don't like church because I've got to be with people I don't like. That's what you need. I like going as long as everybody's like me. It's no, no monoculture. It's not good for you. That's why we end up in the pot. We're kind of, well, we're there and, and the enemy wants us to become imbalanced. Are you getting something out of this? Very quick. The, the fifth thing, bonsai Christians fail to reach maturity. It's like, well, I still believe in God. Yeah, but don't you realize you can't get enough nutrients? And when you soak the plant every week, the nutrients that are there are removed. And everything about it is wrong. And as I was thinking about this some time ago, it's kind of like there's so many Christians that produce infrequent and undersized fruit. And then I began to think about the Garden of Eden. What was the enemy's plan to get man outside of the garden? The enemy's plan has always been to remove us from the garden. So the enemy wants something to go wrong. He wants us to find, I think we've got it on the screen, but he wants us to, to, to run against something or, or we heard something or we felt something. And so let's get out of the garden and let's just find our little pot where we can be safe. And I'm going today, don't allow the enemy to remove you from the garden because when you do, you won't grow 20 years on. You'll still look the same. And you're going to end up a life going, oh, I just stuffed it up. I just did everything I wanted to do. I've become increasingly unhappy. No, those that are planted in the house. You see this tree, this ash tree, it's 15 years old. And you could argue, yeah, but my leaf's as big as anyone else in church. Yeah, but you don't realize what it should be. You see, if this was planted in the right soil, I want to show you a picture of what it would look like after 15 years. Let's put it on the screen. The leaves are the same size. Well, I'm like everybody else. Yeah, leaves. Yep. But not the tree. See, when you get planted and your roots go down, come on, the ash tree grows to 37 meters in height, 15 meters in width. And I'm just saying, let's be a generation of people that are going to become big in society. We're going to do what God wants us to do because we get planted 27 years. We're two weeks away from opening our new central campus. Somebody should be excited. That's part of your church. Come on. And then we're going to come to Melbourne and see why God directs us for that. The, the, The building that we're building in New Zealand, it's got the highest, not that it means anything, but the highest Speed, internet speed in all of the country. We put it in because we're going to have hot desking and we're going to have the community coming in. It's state of the art. There is not another sound system like it in all of the major auditoriums of New Zealand. And we've always had a dream. We're not here to be the best, but we're here to lead the way and say, whether you love the church or despise her, 
she's God's bride and she's God's answer. And we're going to have the community coming in and we're going to have the wonder of God doing. Come on, I want to stir you up. What sort of tree are you? You're the bonsai or you're the real thing? Let me talk about then what it looks like to be a planted Christian. Not a bonsai Christian, but a a planted Christian commits to growing deep roots. So like I said, with the building, it's not just about the building, but we've been at this for 27 years. Still doing what God gave us to do 27 years ago. It's not short term. You might say, well, has it ever been hard? All the time. Has there ever been a reason to give up? All the time. But we just decided we're going to put our roots down. Doesn't matter what we hit beneath the soil. We're not going to give up. We're going to, we're going to go through. And, and I want to challenge you. If you've hit some hard times, don't let the enemy have his way and cause you to end up being a bonsai. No, determine to grow deep roots. Why? Because they've discovered in the forest when the roots get entwined with each other, there's a thing called root touch. Root touch. When you're running out of the nutrients in the water, the roots from another tree, because you're in close proximity and longevity, can transfer the moisture and the nutrients that you need. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're responding. When you hit a storm, what do you do? Ah, well, I'm a bonsai, yep. You need the interlocking of other roots so that you're not just gonna go with the storm when the enemy attacks you and wants you to compromise. You're not standing alone. You're you're in it together and you got others praying for you and you got others going, you know, I go through stuff too and you're not a special case. You've got to push through and there's an ecosystem that's developed and a security that's developed and a strength that is developed because we're in it together and God said, that's the way that you come against the plan of the enemy. Even when you study fruit trees, fruit trees, it's kind of like, well, we've wanted to be, we just moved one of our mandarins by pet mandarin tree. We moved it to a new location and it's 12 months on. It's got one green shoot. Doesn't matter how much I pray for it. On the altar call, it's got one green shoot, which is my lasting hope. I discovered when I researched that when you transplant a fruit tree, it takes between 24 to 36 months for it to reestablish its original root system. So this is what the devil does. Oh, nobody talked to me in church or I didn't like what the pastor said this morning. So I'm getting up out of the soil and I'm going to go and find a more convenient church and I'm going to go into the soil because that pastor's nice over there and those people are nice over there. People come up to me all the time and say, this is an amazing church, Pastor. We've only been, how long have you been here? We've only been here for two weeks, but this is amazing. You're preaching. Just the people is amazing. I said, you haven't been here long enough. <laughs> We're people. Hey, listen, if, if the enemy can get you to uproot every three years, you'll never find your fruitfulness. Some people go, oh, I changed. I got a job. I went over there and. And yet, yeah, it's so hard, you know. It's going to take you three years to reestablish. If it's God, it's worth it. But get your roots down. Come on. Get that exponential growth in it. Second thing, planted Christians add value to the orchard. 
Whoa. If you're part of Life Melbourne, what are you bringing to it? What do you mean? Do we have to? No, you don't have to do nothing. But you've got to see it differently. You're not here for what you get. Like I challenge our church strong at home. It's like, are you, is the church here for you or are you here for it? At the start, when you're broken and you need some restoration, the church is here for you. But then you've got to get up. Start helping someone else. And then your life is going to come alive. It's kind of like, get a kingdom mindset. Well, I'm being prospered outside of church. You can prosper in your gift, but you can't prosper in the kingdom. And that's where your gift was designed to be used. Yeah, but if I'm honest, Paul, I was helping out, but I felt used. Ever heard that? The church used me. And I go, hang on a sec. Remember when we were teenagers and we were kneeling at the altar court, tears running down our face. And we said, God, use me. How the flip did you think he, he was going to use you? Seriously. Come on, you, you're going to pastor that's not perfect. But if I opened up my shirt, you'd see the holes in my back. Friendly fire. I felt used a lot. Come on. Well, that's what it cost. Get over it. Get in the right soil and go, I'm here to make the orchard the best orchard that I could have. <laughs> Is this too practical today? Tonight will be a lot, lot friendlier. Maybe. Psalm 27 verse 7, this is what the psalmist said. One thing have I desired. One thing. One thing. One thing have I desired and that I will seek. If I said to you, God's not a genie, but imagine he was a genie today. And he says, I'll give you one request before you go home from church. What do you think it would be? Well, if you're asking me, Pastor, I'd love God to bring my life partner along. Well, if you're asking, one of our family just found out they got cancer, so I'd love healing. If you're asking, I've got an addiction in my life that I haven't been able to break, so I'd, I pray that God would break it. Notice what the psalmist said. Here's the one thing, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He understood what we don't understand. We we have bad experiences sometimes and we forget that root determines fruit. One thing, stay in the church, get planted. Come on, bring value to the orchard. It's going to change. Third thing about planted Christians is they allow the required pruning. If you read the Bible, you'll find that Jesus said, if you're bearing fruit, you need to be pruned. To bear more fruit. If, if you're not bearing fruit, then you need to be removed from the garden. You're taking up ground you shouldn't be in. It's pretty tough. But just very quickly as I bring this to a close. When, when you prune a plant, it cries. If you look closely, sap comes out of where it's been cut. Pruning is never easy and so we run away. But we don't realize by running away from the pruning we need... We're going to end up like that. See, when somebody says, hey, you need to shape that. Well, who, who, who the heck are you? What, who are you to tell me that? Whereas a fruitful tree goes, I need to be very open 
to pruning. I want pruning to be a part of my life because pruning stimulates flowering buds. Come on, it removes dead branches and it even creates plant strength. Here's my thought. I need the keys, come on. We seldom self-prune. I've never seen a plant prune itself because it hurts. You're a part of a church that when you're ready and you say, I'm ready for it, come on, we're going to prune each other so we can produce some more. And and if you don't want to live like that, that's okay. That's your choice. We're not here to make anybody's choice, but I'm here to say, I, I pray that I don't end up, I'm going to stay planted. I don't want to end up like a bonsai tree. I, I want to be in God's house as a priority. Like This is the way it works for me and my family. We had three kids under five when we started our church. And it's like, there comes a time where you will be old enough to make your own choice. But we're in town, we go to church. Oh, we had a special thing on the morning. It was a big anniversary. Well, it's not religious, but it's like, yep, yeah, we'll come along at night. It's just the priority. We, we stay planted. We're in a group that's part of church. Come on, we're getting involved. We're adding to the value of the orchard. You're hearing me. You say, yeah, but people just take stuff from me. Well, we used to have a mandarin tree in our backyard. And it came over the fence into our backyard. And I love it. It's called the law of possession. So I used to walk up when the old lady that was there was not there and she couldn't see her. I'd just take it. Thank you, Lord. You created it. One day she yelled up, oh, I see you're taking some mandarins. She says, I've seen you do that many times. No problem. They just fall to the ground and rot. You know what I realized? The mandarin tree never, ever looked for praise or thanks. It realized its job was to produce fruit for others. Imagine being a church where we're going to produce for others. Come on. And we're going to grow beyond a bonsai into a fully established tree. See, I'll close with this. If this bonsai could speak, if it had the ability to articulate human words today, I think it might say, I may be cute, but I'm sick of being small. Come on, this morning. I might be a God follower, but I feel like my life is limited in the things that matter the most. And I'm going to make a decision. I'm not going to let the enemy get me out of the garden. I think it would say, would someone please put me back in the garden? Would somebody help me? And then finally, I think it would say, don't you ever end up like me. Even if others look the same, because where do you find bonsais? At Bonsai City. That's where you buy them. No, seriously, I'm being serious. All the bonsais get together. And they go, well, we got leaves the same size as them but they didn't realize that they were called. The seed that planted this bonsai is exactly the same seed that created a tree that's 37 meters high 
problem's not the seed, it's the soil. And if we get planted through the tough stuff, come on and stay in that place, our lives are going to flourish. Oh, I'm tired and I'm sorry and I feel sad and there's a popper in the faith. So many godly, lovely people, yes, struggling like I saw. But I just see them 10 years on, still the same. 20 years on, still the same. Getting unhappier and unhappier because they haven't got the nutrients. They haven't got what they need. Yet I've got to realize it's our choice. I want to establish God's house as my priority. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.